Hi, it's Joe. Hi, friends. Aislinn here. And we want to welcome you to the second half of Season 3 of Dinner Table Talks. We are so glad that you are here at our table with us, and we are looking forward to all of the great talks that we're going to have. If you enjoy what you hear, tell a friend. Grab a drink and get your most comfortable chair. Pull it up to the table because we're about to get into it. Well, I feel that this is a little overdue. Probably so. We have to welcome somebody to the dinner table that you guys all already know. You've heard about this person. My mom, Vicki Jamison, has joined us at the dinner table today. Hi, Mom. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been like an interesting journey over the last few months as far as us moving out here. And Yeah. Everyone knows who my biggest fan is. That's easy. All the different things that we share out here at the farm that we eat together and the experiences that we share together and all of the fun things that we get to do together. The, but, the random text, hey, I'm going to H-E-B. Need anything? Yes. The tractor supply runs. And, and then there's always the neighbors who cook and don't invite me over. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> you keep wishing, but you don't stop inviting, okay? Uh, that's yeah. the fantastic relationship. I'm like, it's Friday. Y'all want to come over and eat? We're going to be here. Pork chops. We're having pork chops. Did I get any? I've got to tell you, and I've said it many times, there is nothing finer than a text about 3 p.m. Yes. Hey, we're doing, I don't know, shrimp skewers. You uh-huh. want to come over and eat dinner with us tonight? It's <sighs> Thank God. (laughs) No cooking. You guys are about to go have a lot of fun. We are. We're on a big adventure. Lillian and I were planning to go on a vacation to Hawaii for Lillian's graduation. Lillian also just turned 18 yesterday. Mm. So we've got a big year of celebrations going on. Then my mom decided she was going to come along this trip. And that made sense, of course, because a few years ago when my son graduated from high school, we did the same type of trip, except that we went to the East Coast and went to New York and went up and visited family in Maine like we always do and got to go into Boston and all that. And then the other thing was that we took both of my children to Maine around their 10th year, 10th birthday, something like that. You've not been to Kauai yet. Never. So this is a long flight for you. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> and Lillian has not been on a long flight like this either. What's the flight? Remind me. It's a nine hours once mm-hmm. we get from L- once we get in the plane and we get the full trip part of it. It's nine hours. So I looked it up today, and our flight gets in at eleven, mm-hmm. and that means that it is four thirty here mm-hmm. in the yes. afternoon. Mm-hmm. So when it's when we're getting in, you guys are already well into your afternoon. I remember yeah. the last time I went to Hawaii, I never adjusted to yeah. the time you don't. change. It, I, it was like seven p.m. I mean, we'd be ready to just pass yeah. out i guess you eventually get used what to happens it. is is that you shift into what i call island time i mean you really do and i joked i'd been wearing the same watch for like a decade mm-hmm. and it, it literally stopped working when i was in Kauai the last time no problem i don't even know what time it is it doesn't matter i'm this is the time that i'm awake this mm-hmm. is the time that i'm hungry this is like... the sun is out i still need to use sunscreen <laughs> right so tell yeah. me about the trip what are some yeah, things so you guys this, are looking forward to doing the thing that i think that is the big excitement my mom can talk to the most is that we're going skydiving because my 18-year-old daughter wants to jump out of a perfectly good airplane mm-hmm. and she wants her mom and her grandmother to do it with her. And her grandmother's done it once <laughs> I've before. I've done it already. Exactly. I did it for my 60th. The funny thing about it was we were having the conversations because yes, certainly there's a little bit of anxiety to it. It's like, okay, am I going to do this thing? Yep, I'm going to do it. And just quickly tell us a little bit about your experience with what that was like. Well, I was terrified 
of the idea, but we were in the pool with drinks in our hands when I made the commitment. So (laughs) then I had to do it. But the thought of landing, you think, oh, my knees and legs could never take it. And then you see that they are very talented and then they set you down and they say, stand up and you stand up and you never feel any impact Mm -hmm. on your joints. Mm But there's that feeling, which Asa and I talked about, when you jump from the plane and you don't have control over it because you're just like, they're like, okay, you ready? Yeah. Poof. You're out the door. Did you do the tandem? You're attached? Tandem. Yeah. You're attached to another person. You're attached to people that are experts. Sure. My guy was a golden knight at one time. I mean, Ooh. and he was quite handsome. There you go. That's, that's a golden knight. <laughs> I can jump with you. I mean, what a way to go. Are you in front or are you from in behind? They are behind you. Okay. And so then they tell you to put your hands out and then eventually they pull the straps up around you and they let you kind of drive the plane. But um, the most wonderful thing that I thought about it was that I've never felt closer to God. Mm -hmm. You are up there. You are free. There is nothing on you. The wind is in your face. The sun's shining on you. And there is a freedom and a happiness that I have never, ever experienced before. That's amazing. Where were you? Where, where was the jump? Port Aransas. Okay. So it was a beach view. Yeah. Now yeah. it's going to be beach 360 yeah. degrees. I'm, I'm I am stoked. Where did you land on the story you told about the upcoming trip a couple weeks ago about the hike and you're going to do the hike? Okay. And... So this is one thing I wanted to bring up. There's some things that have shifted in Hawaii since I was there the last time. Mm. I went on this amazing hike on the Nepali coast up to um, Hanakapai Falls, I think. And it, it's a it's a decent hike. It's a hike for people that can hike. Right. But we had decided we were committed that we're capable and that we can all do it and we were going to go for it. But what I discovered is that 30 days out, you can start making reservations to just simply get in the state park. And it wasn't that way when we went the last time. It's you certainly just come not and go January. and do your own thing. Yeah, there was no, well, they want you to get a permit so they can know you, if you don't come home, where did you go? Sure. You know, and so w- whether you're like hiding out in the woods or whether you're actually hurt somewhere, they want to know you went in, they want to know you came out. But what I think is happening now is they're trying to control the number of people on the trails. And so, yeah. yeah pandemic-y type I, thoughts? Or? Probably just the number of people that are co- that come to Kauai and that go to the Nepali coast. Because sure. the, the generation of millennials, there's a, there's a generations above that hike. And there's definitely sections of those. But if you look at the statistics of the generations that hike, our generation and the generation below us does it all the time. And is purposeful about like these long hikes and learning hikes. And I think part of that is the safety of the internet because safety of the internet haha <laughs> that's a funny joke but you can see things on youtube you can see things that people have done and so it's a lot easier for people to get confident to go into hikes and so you have see a lot more hikers on the trails now than you used to see you went to Kauai two years three years ago uh it was in 2015 seven years ago <laughs> with your best friend what are the one or two things you're looking the most forward to showing your mom and daughter well i'm still excited about the scenery the beauty of it all the beaches are amazing and the one thing that i did do some research after i discovered we might not be able to hike the nepali coast 
is I went and looked for another hike that is in the kind of a rainforesty tropical type space on the island because this particular island has the east side and the west side. And on the east side, it's rainforest. And on the west side, it's dry, deserty canyon. It's arid. Okay, well, if we can't get into Nepali, then let's get into this other one called the Sleeping Giant, okay. which is a rainforest hike. And it's a little bit less strenuous. And it'll just be a really nice, good hike for us to do. It'll be perfect. I'm looking forward to that. And then we're also going to go over to the other side on one day and we'll go into Waimea Canyon and check out the falls and just look at that particular area that's the more arid side of the island. And then in between all of that is going to be the amazing beaches. Hunter was saying last night when he was home and he, we were talking about going over there, he's like, you just need to like find the secret beaches. beaches and I was yeah. like, the funny thing about the secret beaches is the secret beaches are actually on the map now. They yeah, literally all been says discovered. the secret beach, you know, yeah. you can go to the secret <laughs> beach on a horse. I just found <laughs> yeah, oh. exactly. everything's for two to $300 a person. Right. <laughs> all the secrets have been discovered. I'm afraid. Well, you guys leave in just a few days and I guess in a couple weeks, you'll be back to tell us all about it. Exactly. Unanswered questions. Last week we were talking about omakase and these high-dollar, multi-course, fancy, fancy sushi restaurants, but we didn't know if we were pronouncing it correctly, so you wanted me to look up the pronunciation? Oh, is it omakase or is it omakase or omakase or... Omakase. 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 Omakase? That's not even hard. Omakase. 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 <laughs> <laughs> omakase. You've been listening to this podcast too long. <laughs> omakase. Omakase. Then you wanted to know more about using okra to get microplastics out of yes. fresh waters, ocean waters, river yes. waters. The thing that you guys have or haven't learned about me yet is that I'm a lobbyist for certain types of fruits and vegetables. So I lobby for the roselle. I lobby for the tromboncino. I lobby for the okra, and I am like a full-fledged okra lobbyist these days. At our camping trip that we went on last week, we discussed it on the show, I took my newest Texas Monthly magazine, and in my Texas Monthly magazine, which was called To the Water, talking about all the different places like in Texas, Texas you can get into the water, the water. Yeah. it discusses Rajani Srinivasan. Is that like omakase? Omakase. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Who, while being a young graduate student in India, and now she lives in Texas started using different polymers, long chains of molecules from uh -huh. different natural sources uh -huh. to duplicate chemicals that are put into water treatment facilities, chemicals, mm -hmm. to clump together the different microplastic particles, yep. and then they sink to the bottom, and they can be removed. Yep. Well, now yep. we're adding chemicals to our drinking water uh -huh. in order to get these other chemicals out yep. of it. There's... A billion reasons why you can hate drought, but one of the most important is our plants haven't gotten any good water in a long time. All they've gotten is well water, which isn't our best, and the city water, basically, that has all these chemicals in it. Well, in 2019, she began testing extracts from okra, fenugreek, and tamarind to see if they might be part of the remedy, if they could replace the chemicals with these natural products. And indeed, she says, and research shows, they can. Mm -hmm. And the best part about it is it requires no changes to the infrastructure of city systems of water purification to do it. You just replace one chemical with these natural things. That would be interesting to see if some farms switch to okra just because they have another commodity that they can use it for. I'd be curious to see. We walked into Tractor Supply today, and we wanted algaecide for the pond. Mm -hmm. And there are containers on the shelf that are 
algicide. And then the words at the bottom are glyphosate. They oh, are gosh. selling glyphosate on the shelves to any unsuspecting person that walks in to buy an algicide for their pond. So Is what, it just my bubble or do people really not know that word yet? They didn't. Even, I even the word atrazine came to somebody really quick the other day and I was like, damn. Your bubble is small but growing. <laughs> well, I don't know. But there are folk, but Roundup is sold the hell out of. Well, Roundup, still. Roundup, but glyphosate huh. and atrazine. It reminds me of at the beginning of the Food Inc. thing. And when I did that TEDx talk and I mentioned Food Inc., I talked about how I was excited when mainstream people started using words from that movie. It's kind of the same thing. At least if you use the words, even if you don't know what the heck you're talking about, we're at least talking about it. Well, in leading into the conversation about Whole30 and reading labels, mm -hmm. what happens is you're in tractor supply and you're standing next to a farmer who's handling farm stuff and your husband reaches across and starts reading the labels. And these are all products to put in a farm pond right right and we didn't buy any of them because they all said wear pants wear long sleeve shirts wear gloves we're poisoning our waters that our steers would drink and then we would eat you, you know it's Ace it's we've got a shitload of leaders. okra we could throw in the pond and just see if anything happens it's good there is every kind of ecological solution if we allow the ecosystems to balance each other out, that's just not an easy task when it's so off balance. I have a great question for your mom since she's here. Would you ever have imagined that the types of events that are going on here would have occurred when you first bought the property? Well, I can tell you when we walked onto this property the very first time and I stepped out of the car, I put my foot on the ground and I looked at my husband and I said, we're home. And I was that connected to this property. And we had gone and looked at multiple places. And the problem was, is that Paul saw a food truck in his head, a food... Farm truck. Farm truck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a farm side. Mm -hmm. My husband did see these events. Mm -hmm. He has from the very beginning. His idea was to find something that would take the gardening, Aislinnwood Garden. And we didn't at the time know that this was going to be here and she was going to be here, but the premise of this property from the moment we bought it was to have a place where we could grow trees and gardens. Yeah, the freedom harvest, open-hearted, loving experience is what we're embodying. That's who we are. That's what this farm is about. And we've begun having more people reach out and say, I'd like to do a private event out there. How many people? What is the size? What could we do? Mm -hmm. How did that start? Did someone say, can I rent this out I had once said, upon a time? I had done what I do in terms of seed planting, where I basically just pushed it out into the Facebook universe and the real universe, saying, if you've got an idea, I've got a venue, I've got a building, just come back at me with some ideas. You know, and that's really how the goat dinner happened, connected to the farm day. And then after that, another friend came along and said, I've got my mom and she needs to see the Longhorns and mm -hmm. she's got dementia and mm -hmm. we need a small birthday and a special dinner. And then the next person came along and this is our beekeeper that mm -hmm. helps us keep the bees. And he said, I'd love to propose to Crystal. And I was wondering if you guys would have us out here for dinner do you guys do events he said yeah and i said oh that's who oh when okay july late july oh yeah you know <laughs> so 
These things are just evolving and I'm holding on to the ones that I like the best. To tell you the truth, it's these private events, these family-oriented, heart-centered, yeah. freedom harvest, that's such a big deal to me. And the flow of those events is just really easy. So when a friend says, I'd like to propose to our other friend. Yes. And I want to bring, I don't know, 15, 16 friends. Yes. Can you guys provide the dinner? We've got some special dietary needs. Yeah, she eats only like seafood. She doesn't eat any kind of meat or anything, mm -hmm. other kind of meat like that. She doesn't do dairy and she doesn't do eggs. Our friend Faye, who we've talked about now several weeks in a row. She catered my she's birthday. She's been a starring role in the last several episodes. She did pancit, mm -hmm. which is just a delight. Everyone loves pancit. Pancit with shrimp on it. And so that was appealing to the broader audience that he was bringing because he was trying to, it was a surprise. So she didn't know about it. He was trying to get it put together for yeah. her. So everything about it had to be a secret. For weeks, we had to keep this secret at the farmer's market. I was market. bugging you to death. What is the cover story? What is the cover story? I don't want to say the wrong thing. And you're like, you don't be stupid and say the wrong thing. <laughs> I was like, just be quiet. So they just get here <laughs> under the guise that they're eating dinner with like us. And we've invited some friends over. And then Aislinn takes them off on a tour. And then the friends begin begin arriving. At that point, we, the hosts, don't know exactly how it's supposed to get connected to where the surprise works out. Aislinn walks the couple right into the Friends, where now they've got a quickly, oh, happy anniversary Celebrate dinner. Anniversary. It's a surprise yeah. anniversary. Yay. <laughs> it was her fifth anniversary, I think, of meeting. Yes, I think so. But she was still very surprised when the oh, stuff started well, happening. Sure. I want to get there. The food starts coming out. The drinks start coming out. Yeah. And you and I are playing hosts. Yeah. We're not part of the party. Yeah. We're serving, Which busing. I admittedly have to learn a little bit more about staying off screen. I'm not, yeah. this is not a stage show for Aislinn. Yeah. This is well, Michael was, and Crystal's moment. Well, I was off screen <laughs> and here it comes. And Faye is there still yes. just hanging out. And here it Amazing. comes. And I'm looking over. Faye and I made eye contact. During the proposal, uh -huh. and both of us are weeping. Yeah, totally. Like weeping. Yeah, exactly. It was such a special night. Yeah. Such a special night. Great yeah. food, good friends, made new friends that yep. night. That's what I want for those to continue to keep rolling. I'm grateful again to have chef friends like Faye that mm -hmm. can do some catering. That helps us out tremendously. That takes a level of pressure off of the event because now all we're doing is hosting. And then when I look at people talking about the <clears throat> farm online on top of pictures that have been shared from different events that they've been into, the response that I'm seeing every single time is... This is such a comfortable and loving place to be. I look forward to the next time I get to see you out there. Things like that. Things like, it feels so good out there. Things like, God, I was blown away. I was amazed at how beautiful it is out there. So like above and beyond expectations. Yes. At one point I handed you a cocktail that a, a gentleman had brought the makings for. Uh-huh. It was kind of green, a little that more I green said, than I like. Uh, do you mind if I make a little one for myself? I'm just curious. I've never put these two things together before. I didn't know that one could. And then I let you taste it and you go, that's not bad. What is it? I said, I'll tell you on the podcast. Are, uh, are you ready to know? I'm ready. Green apple flavored crown royal. Ugh. <laughs> Wait, here it comes. Are I you ready? I saw the green part scared me up enough. Are you ready? Pineapple flavored Mountain Dew. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> Those things go together? That explains why it was neon green. Because uh, I did notice that part of it. I, not I think Diet I Mountain Dew. Just, just being polite, be by clear, the way. Not I Diet Mountain know. Dew. I don't even know. I can't even hardly remember. I do. All I remember is that it was neon green. When it's our friends that like bring people to an event, 
They don't know the farm. They don't know anything about it. Because I see return customers, you know, and mm-hmm. they're not, they came from other, yeah. you know, connections. Of course, late July is a very hot time yeah. to put an event on. Yeah. And I know that you've kind of put the brakes on the uh, long lunch clubs and, and Yeah, and I just haven't been it's promoting too them too, too much. If, if they're not being picked up by the audience looking for them, right. then I'm like, it's but too hot for that anyways. Come fall, late oh, yeah. September, October, it's going to be yeah. off the chain. Yeah, I think we're going to have a lot of good things and I'm looking forward to it. I mentioned a few weeks ago that we would bring mom on so that she could talk about their whole 30 experience. Yeah. And we I know met- they're 27 days into it. That's 27 July days. 27th is our recording date. That's funny. That, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, exactly. 27. But we've had some experiences with them already and we've enjoyed it. And we've so we've talked about it on the podcast a few times. Whole 30 is what and why did you decide to do this? Well, I've been intermittent fasting for four years. It'll yeah. be four years in September. And I lost 35 pounds doing that. And I've maintained that the first time in my adult life I could maintain weight. Has it been difficult doing the intermittent fasting for that long? Or is it now just part of... Oh, no. Of- now it's just the way I live. And it's perfect. I listened to intermittent fasting stories podcast uh-huh. and somebody mentioned Whole30. Well, I met my perfect weight. I'm 65 years old. I'm five foot nine and I weigh 145 pounds, which is 10 pounds less than I ever dreamed I would weigh again. And you did a bunch of diets and oh, I dieted bad things my entire and... adult life. I diet seven up until I thought I was going to be sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the whole 30 came about because I'm 65. I'm a very active 65. I play tennis three, four at this time of year. We're playing five times a week. I do hot yoga two days a week, which is an hour of yoga. So I'm very, very active and I'm using a lot of my muscles. Yeah, you're very stinky often. I am very stinky <laughs> often. It's true. But so funny. <laughs> hot yoga just seems like it would stink in that room. Does this, I've never been. Does it no, stink in a hot no, yoga room? No, no it's just not. like nice ladies. It's, ladies smell nice. We're just very okay. nice little elderly ladies <laughs> yeah. doing horribly muscle straining bends. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for the myth busting. <laughs> but I felt like there were pains. It, there's an overuse anytime you do anything over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. with tennis, I'm having a shoulder issue. I've done the research. Everybody's answer is go to the doctor and get an MRI so they can do surgery. And I'm, I am not going to do that. So I did the research and figured out I had some tendonitis going on. That led me into inflammation. So Whole30 was above and beyond everything else, a look at inflammation in my own personal body. But the intermittent fasting, there are no limits on what you can eat. It's just when you can eat. Correct. And for someone like me, now this is not true for everybody. Everybody, the intermittent fast is different, very different. But for me, when I went to eating from four in the afternoon till eight in the evening, that's when you will that's actually when I would eat open in a day. my window and eat. Okay. Um, I ate anything I wanted and I pushed that to the limit. I ate candy and ice cream and as long as you're done by 8 p.m. in that middle and your tastes change a little bit. So you don't eat Chick-fil-A. You don't eat Whataburger. You eat a meal. You want to eat good food. Right. So you would eat good food. You would eat a good plate of food. No portion control. No more salmon, chicken, broccoli, double portions. It, you know, I ate what made me happy yeah. for four years. And even though you're eating the candy and the ice cream on top of the healthy 
dinner, you're still finding the weight loss, the, exactly maintain. the maintaining everything you right. want. So right. now it's just a question of tightening up the content of what you're right. eating. Okay. And I've known over the years of listening and studying this stuff that people are having to do low carb or keto or something along with intermittent fasting to lose their weight or to maintain their weight. But that was never the case for me. Okay. And so because of that, I had to start looking at what could I do? What is in my control that isn't going to a doctor, that isn't depending on an arthritis medicine that would take me through a time of a lower inflammation in my body? Well, we all know that cancer and inflammation are direct results of the sugar that we eat. Mm -hmm. And Whole30 is 30 days of eating with no sugar, no alcohol, no dairy, no grains. Now, grains includes not just wheat, but corn, rice, quinoa, grains, mm -hmm. any kind of grains, no eating, yeah. and legumes. And then oddly enough, peanuts. Don't eat peanuts because peanuts are apparently a very, very high-end allergy risk. Well, actually, peanuts are technically a legume. So that's true. probably why you Part mean, of it. Yep. We, we think of it as a nut, but it's really a legume. That's so. true. We make a joke on here that when you do a gluten-free test diet or when you go gluten-free and you go to the grocery store for the very first time, it feels like a death sentence because the grocery store does not cater to a gluten-free diet. And for me, a lot of these conversations is always like your body gets to a point. I feel like your body gets to a point of healing and then you kind of have to level up. Like, it's like, okay, now we need to do some more healing and we need to find out what are some more things that we can deal with in terms of body pains, especially as you age, your body doesn't heal as rapidly as it used to. Right, right. So what did you find going into day one of 30 days? Fears? Well, oh my yeah. God, this is going to be hard. Yeah. Well, first I had to talk my best friend and husband into it. Yeah. And That's I... That's the same person? I Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I typically, you know, throw it out there for him and he came back with... Oh, hell no. I yeah. ain't doing that. What? Well, I'm done. Uh, what? <laughs> Sugar and alcohol and yeah. grain yeah. and there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a He's lot. like, no. Everything. No. That's a lot all and, at once. And I said, here's the deal. You are taking meloxicam for back pain. What if you could go 30 days, do without these things, and do away with that medicine? That's what the if? reason why Aislinn would try this if she ever needed to. Absolutely. <laughs> and the thing about it is, is that Aislinn's journey with gluten. Yeah. I... Went with her to thyroid trips when she was dealing with that. Yeah. And I saw her progression. And what she taught me was, you can eat anything you want, but it might make you sick. And if it makes you sick, why would you do that? So as of tomorrow, the 28th, I will be alcohol-free for one year. Wow. So the whole 30 wow, part of alcohol for me was easy. I'm yeah. like, done. Intermittent fasting, part of that is you drink black coffee. Done. We eat whole food because we have vegetables coming out of the garden. Done. So really and truly, what we had to do was pack up the candy jars, yeah. get the ice cream out of the freezers, buy lots of fruits. Thir 30 of days ago, three yeah. days before you started, you came over with a box of the yeah. shit out of your pantry. <laughs> they had just gone to Trader Joe's, you guys. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. There were chocolate-covered cherries. There was... I ate all that shit, man. All of it came into our house. Good Lord. It lasted about a week. <laughs> and then she tried to hand me some more stuff like a day or two later, and I was like, stop trying to poison my family, Mom. <laughs> like, this is the problem. When you clean up your diet, yeah. 
is throwing away food. Mm. I now know after this journey about oils that there are a number of inflammatory oils that we're putting in our bodies without any thinking. Cooking oils. Cooking oils. Seed oils are so bad. I've got all these seed oils in my pantry that need to go away. And I'm pretty sure you guys aren't going to take them. (laughs) Not if you're... Okra oil will take it. I always feel like each one of these things, I think that's this is the reason why, and I'm planning to do Whole30 when, when we return. get back from Hawaii, yeah. but the thing with me is, is it's like opening a Pandora's box, and I've decided that opening Pandora's box wasn't a bad thing. I think we have to open Pandora's box, but once you open Pandora's box, you can't undo that you've opened Pandora's box. Well, you can, but... I can't. You're not using wisdom if you do. I certainly can't because that's what happened to me 20 years ago when I stepped out into this whole realm of looking mm-hmm. at these things was that I started looking. And then once I started looking, I was like, oh dear, I better stop that. Yeah. Oh dear. And then, and then my body started reacting, but I've dealt with migraines. I've dealt with tendonitis. I've dealt with every everything. I've dealt with everything that you can imagine as it relates to the types of foods I eat and the healthcare and all of those types of things. And so I've had to go through basically one thing after another. And the thing that I think is most appealing about Whole30, and I want you to talk a little bit more about your plans to move into this stage of it, but is the reintroduction so that you can get a real, because I feel like that's what happened to me with grain, was that when I began to reintroduce grain back into my diet, I found out that wheat was the one that was the problem. And so then once I knew what the problem was, and this is way back when my children were babies and I was trying so hard to figure out how to keep Cortland from having asthma and keep Lillian from having diarrhea, it's an elimination diet. And when you're nursing, they tell you, do the elimination diet and do the elimination diet. And you just but, don't want to open Pandora's box. And that's kind of the, the reason for the Whole30, right? Is the yes. elimination diet. And yes. then after it's over. What strikes me strange about the Whole30 is that, and I say this with vigor and just passion. You should see your folks. It's <laughs> coming out of her ears. <laughs> Just the fact that people do Whole30 to lose weight because we're so desperate yeah. to lose weight. And you, diet. And you would bound to lose weight if you take all that stuff out of well, your yeah, caloric yeah, intake. Yeah, yeah. But Certainly. everybody you talk to, not everybody, but the majority of people get into this with the idea that they'll drop some pounds, eat healthy for a while, and maybe learn a few lessons. But the reality is... If you don't look at this diet the way it's designed to be looked at, if you look at it as a weight loss and you go right back on Sunday when this is over and you go out and have a Chick-fil-A and a piece of pizza and a beer, then you are likely to to be vomiting before the night's over. And have depression probably the next day. Right. (laughs) So that's a bit different for us in that we really did commit to the idea that this was for our health. My husband's 67, I'm going to be 66, and we want to have things that we can do for our health. So there wasn't a whole lot of going out and buying a lot of new stuff. Coconut milk gets to be a staple in your pantry, which is new. Yeah. Um, And that's like a replacement for dairy. You don't eat butter. That's a really big different thing. You can do clarified butter or ghee. You can buy ghee. Mm -hmm. But really and truly, if you're going to commit to Whole30, you have to understand that you are going to have to be cooking. Yeah. I went out to eat today. 
and I went to one of the local seafood restaurants yeah. and I ordered the Amberjack special. I have a really bad habit of not looking at prices. Yeah. So I ordered the Amberjack special and I bored my poor little waiter to death. I was like, I want the Amberjack. You put nothing on it, right? Yeah, no. Okay, what what size no do you butter, want? Right? No butter, right? No, no oil, yeah. nothing, right? Yeah, no. Well, do you want rice? No, don't bring me any rice. And I'll take your Caesar salad uh-huh. with no Caesar. Don't yeah. bring me dressing, no <laughs> right. croutons, no cheese. Order up for the freak. Romaine, please. Just bring me romaine. And I took out my own little bottle of salad dressing and mm-hmm. poured it on there. And out came my plate of amberjack with my amberjack laying on a bed of rice. So I had to pick up my amberjack oh, in the restaurant and dish all the rice off of it. <laughs> push that the plate lady. over to the side. And... um. That meal cost me $35 for for basically a piece of fish. Topo Chico, a little chunk of amberjack and Welcome to my biggest complaint about life right now because that's that's actually funny if that's my biggest complaint about life right now, by the way. Life's pretty damn good. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I can't go out and eat. We can get a better meal at home. Right. If we're going to go eat, we've got to go eat at like the most expensive restaurants in town. To outdo ourselves. To even try to get in a point where we have these same conversations. You're going to going to finish this and then go to Hawaii in like three days. Correct. So what is your reintroduction going to be uh, as far as the, the dairy and the sugar? And I the... have it planned out in my head. Number one, my granddaughter. Tequila shots on the plane. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, I don't drink. Oh, that's right. My granddaughter is basically vegetarian mm-hmm. for the most part. The restaurant vegetarian like her daughter. Right. Like her mom. Right. And Aislinn's gluten free. So we're already going to be, you know, shucking the rice off the amberjack. We're, you know, we're going to be making everybody's life <laughs> yeah. miserable over dietary restrictions. But Kauai is supposed to be the garden island. Yeah, and Kauai's so we easier. should be full of fruits and veggies and things. Yeah. And unlimited I'm, fruits on the whole thing? We're going to shop the farmer's markets yeah. and pack our stores. So You have a kitchen yeah. at your Airbnb. Yes, we do. How will you be aware of like, oh, that was dairy? Oh, how did that make me feel? Well, you and know, you like, think ahead. You think mm-hmm. ahead. And we did. We, My husband and I sort of brainstormed, what are we going to do on mm-hmm. our first day back? Uh-huh. And I said, well, pizza is a bad choice because that's gluten, dairy, right. all kinds of stuff that's in there, you know, so don't choose pizza right Right, that. right, yeah. right. It's got the bread and the cheese. Sure. Right. How would you know whether it's the dairy or the gluten that made you sick right. if you introduce them both at the same time? Got you. I learned a lot on this journey. One of the things that I learned is that the recipes are outstanding. You can cook gourmet meals that are not difficult. I've heard a lot of that kind of talk coming out of y'all's house over the last it's 27 been amazing. days. And my, my husband was prepared to be like, Ugh, uh, this is horrible. Oh, cardboard but on. I made grilled shrimp skewers. You guys came mm-hmm. over and ate that with us. Yeah. And, what was uh, on the side of that? Was that the spiralized? No, no, no. This was the jicama guacamole. Yeah. Right? Yes. That yes. was good. Yeah. We used that. And the jicama guacamole and the skewers were for July 4th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was my hot dog meal right. instead. Then I turned around and made a taco bowl the next night. Yeah. So you talk about a little bit of a, you've got to pick things that are not all gourmet because you're yeah. going to be exhausted yeah. at the end of 30 days because yeah. eating out is expensive and it's a waste of time. I literally said when you started down this path, I said the number one thing I know about this style of eating is the convenience factor is the reason you don't do it right. every day. That's right. it. It doesn't surprise me that at the end of this thing, you come out and you go, it's the cooking all the time that's a pain in the ass. You know, and I don't, I just hate to be negative or bagging on our culture, but 
that healthy eating is so inconvenient. No, that is the breakdown of the culture. Is, so, is that we once we got to the shame. point of inconvenience, like mm-hmm. being convenienced is our highest priority. That's the highest priority. If it's not convenient, then it's not a priority. To and us. you can find some convenience foods, quote unquote, that are healthier than others. Mm-hmm. But you're tripling the price of the meal when you, and you go that way. You're not controlling the ingredients. Right. That's the thing. Anytime you eat out. Anytime yeah. you eat out. Unless you, try, you really know the chef. You right. try hard. Yeah. And generally speaking, people who grew up in the South, good taste in food is a chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes, and mm-hmm. some cream gravy. That and sounds good. Yeah, it's more, real More good. butter, uh, the better. <laughs> yeah. Sure. With the flour and... and yeah. so. yeah, fried okra and fried onion rings just again the other day. Yeah. yeah. But my so, spice rack is complete if there's salt in it. That's so we don't believe, we Southerners, don't believe that these kinds of foods that I cooked mm-hmm. can really be good. But for everything that you might cook daily there is a whole 30 recipe everything sure and so with a little googling um and matching up you start your morning by saying what am i going to have for supper and then you plan toward that take your meat out or whatever but i made things that i would never have dreamed i've had a spiralizer for my kitchen aid for five years i gave it to aislinn it came over here and it didn't do anything and it came back home again <laughs> and one of the recipes was for sweet potato noodles made with the spiralizer and um, some baby spinach and some nice seasoning and oil with that to cook it down. And then you put this salmon on top of it that you cooked. And it was really so simple. And um, aside from the screw, it was really a good dish. <laughs> That's a side note, not necessary. The food was fantastic. I, I got was diving I got a into screw. the leftovers. Joe and I got a screw. I, I, I was eating the leftovers, <laughs> and I felt something in my mouth like, "Oh no, a chunk of my tooth has fallen off." <laughs> and you, then you kind of fish it out, and they were trying to kill me. They were with trying a to poison small metal screw. Well, it might have been me because you see, I ate mine without a screw. <laughs> My you portion. were trying to, someone was trying to kill me. In this yeah, yeah. So <laughs> thank God he did not swallow that screw. That no. is a, a real damper. <laughs> you mentioned the convenience of food and your taco bowl. You were about to say, I think, you know, tacos right. are easy. Everyone can make tacos. And that was one of your favorite dishes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because you are a, a little bit exhausted from hunting the recipe. Something that you know, number one, that you have the ingredients for. Or you have time to go to the grocery store for, Joe, you know all of these stories very well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And choosing that meal for that day is always a a combination of how the earth comes together. Mm -hmm. And so one of the dishes that I looked up was Whole30 tacos. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't have corn, so tortillas are out. Can't have flour, tortillas are out. So So how is it a taco? I know. So it was a taco. So I my convenience food was the shredded lettuce because I always do that. Uh-huh. So I bought a bag of shredded lettuce and you put it in the bottom of your bowl and then you take whatever ground beef suits you and then they have a specific set of taco seasonings that are compliant, which okay. is just, you know, there's no sugar, no monosodium glutamate, no oh, yeah. sulfites, none of that crap. So well, sulfites were way out the whole time, right? Out sulfites, entirely. yeah. Any sulfur, anything was yeah. out. And the, the portions and the spices that they 
prescribed were so good. They were mm-hmm. a really good taco meat. So you put your lettuce, you put your taco meat on top of the lettuce. You put some sauce on there because if you didn't know, a lot of the salsa you buy off the shelf is very compliant. There's no sugar yeah. in salsa. Mm-hmm. So you put the salsa on there. I would make a guacamole to go on top of that. And so you eat what is like a taco bowl at Dairy Queen mm-hmm. without the taco bowl. Shell, right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was, we did it twice. That's the only repeat we did. But, you know, it's not impossible to put together things that are easy. Yeah. Is it getting shaky here in the last few days? Are you ready to? I am done, done, <laughs> done. She's like, well, it sounds like a Hawaiian the vacation. The three days, thank God, Hawaii is yeah. almost here. Yeah, my husband's to... been trying to talk yeah. me into breaking out early. He says, Virgin just say the Mai word. Tai. Just say the word. And I'm Virgin like, no, no, I'm going to go eat we this Amberjack and pay $25 for it. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. And when and you then... get back from Hawaii, yeah. we're diving into this? I'm ready. Like, I can feel every inch of my body is ready to like give up on a lot of crap habits with food that I have fallen into. Crabbits. Crabbits. Mm. So thank you for coming over here and really talking to us about this specific thing because I think that it'll be something that a lot of people will be very interested in because when we did the Blue Zone series, when we talked about the Blue Zones for week after week after week, people really wanted to talk about that. They want to talk about their diets and they want to have conversations. And it may be in our bubble that's small, but that's fine because it's a bubble of people that are looking for information. And any time that we can suggest to folks that they rock convention, that they say, just because this is the way oh, that God. it's done does not yeah. mean it's the way that I have to do it. And yes, it's going to be inconvenient and feel like a death sentence at the beginning, perhaps, but you learn and you make and eat amazing and food. And the resources out there are incredible. That's like true. My friend who lives a Whole30 life, paleo, whatever, you know, she was just like, here's a recipe for mayo. Here's mm-hmm. a recipe for, you know, ranch dressing. And there are people out there. The bubble is bigger. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is like step out of your bubble and share with someone else. Yep your bubble and yep. then all of a sudden your bubbles touch and it's that you're one big bubble and then everyone's harvesting freedom and that's exactly what we want well hey while we're in this intellectual vibe why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into what was your first job and did you like it mom you go first oh god that's crazy my first job was the day i stepped out of my high school i went to work as a secretary for a industrial little tiny office in the hood of Corpus Christi and I was the, uh, you know abused and uh it, I harassed was and harassed and I mean <laughs> literally for two dollars bring that sweet thing in here and do some dictation lord god what? there was no dictation it was just answering the phone because I was green out of Bangkete high school and it what's was... the training for the harassment any or is it just none. there was none, none. dropped in the fire to say, there was no preparation high school what year 74. 74. I was thinking about that because every time I watch Days and Confused, I think about you guys because that was your grad. Like you, you actually graduated a year or two before them, but that was the same time yeah. period that you were in yeah. high school. You would not believe the stories that I could tell you about how office life was. Well, the, answer, the second part is, did you like it? I liked working. Yeah. But that was kind that, of gross. I learned a mm. lot. And I learned that you don't have to be stuck in a spot. 
That's the truth. You could get the hell out. You can go do something else. My first job was, I've probably discussed it on here before. I loved it. It was at Hollywood Video, but not the chain. This was a mom and pop store before Blockbuster came to town. This was after the main place that you would rent videos was the place where you bought the TVs and the VCRs. That was the, kind of the first places where you mm-hmm. did the VHS tapes. It was moving into that Blockbuster model where it's new releases lead you know, so there's 50 of the new releases and then, but they still had great racks of stuff. Uh, the end display was Wes's picks. Wes was the in-house movie mm-hmm. nerd, mm-hmm. several years older than me. And he took me under his wing a little bit and was like, you ever seen any Kubrick? And handed me Clockwork <laughs> Orange. And here I am, a high school junior or something, mind blown. Yeah. I know you've probably seen E.T., right? Of course, I saw that. Have you seen Jaws? You know, whatever. And and just like getting a movie education there is very, very, very formative. I loved that job. You totally were an 80s kid. Loved that job. <laughs> what like, was your first job? I can't remember, honestly. Was it because the restaurant? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, I can't remember. I think that if you consider like my first technical job, I think it was a you little... You received a paycheck. But I received paychecks. I started doing work when I was like 13 at different things. So I like was I, the first I, one of those? babysitting jobs okay. and I did modeling gigs yeah. and I did yeah. all kinds of things. What was I your started, first office job? But I would say retail my first, job. my first, I, I think my first job because it was like, I just got my driver's license and two weeks after I got my driver's license, I was on my way to work and I rear ended somebody. <laughs> And then it was somebody I knew because it was like literally after the high school had let out. Like we'd let out and we, I was headed to my What was the job, job you were driving to? Let me finish this story because it's good. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were just rabbit holing. I run into this friend, this person I know. I go, I just started my first job. I got to go to my job. I'll be in touch. And it's it's freaking Portland, Texas. I know everybody in town. Right. The police showed up my first day at work. <laughs> At your job, at the yes. work. Because I had done a hit and run. run. So the friend of yours. Yeah, I could name them on the podcast I know, what, today. Why... I still see them in public from but time to time. did they yes. instigate the cops yes. coming? Yes. Yes. Oh, jeez. I know. I can begin to tell you when people began to lose their mind. Lose their mind. Are you going to tell us what the job was or is this a secret? It was a stupid little restaurant. A little was local. A waitress. I was a waitress. It was uh-huh. a little. I, was, I think I was a hostess and then I was a waitress. Did and... you like it? Did I like? No, I don't know. I worked there for a while. I think so you I could buy your own shampoo. You I bought my that. own shampoo, and I drove, and I bought CDs. I drove. Why are we also peaching with the shampoo? It I was, said you can have Breck if I'm buying, and I want. I don't even else. know. Like we, like there was arguments over the the way I did my hair and like makeup and all of those things. But I mean, if you think about like I was doing modeling and I was doing all of that stuff, and I was asserting my independence and. Seriously, I've been warning you about the 17-year-old that's coming home from Florida and the asserting of your independence at 16, 17, when it finally, like, when the the lotus flower opens. And she says, I'm an adult and I know everything and you know nothing, dummy dad. I get dummy it. dad, dummy mom. See, my mom wanted to tell me what I, kind of shampoo I could borrow. And I said, no, screw you. I'll go get my own job. And, it, and the so funny she thing, did. The now, funny I'll thing run people over is, trying is to get to it. I worked in a job from, like, age 13 to age 20. And then I was all, no like f- all y'all I ain't working in the job no more I'm doing it my own way yeah and no, that's not exactly right but it's kind of how it worked
love it. <laughs> that lady. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. <laughs>